consider ourselves a creative upper class. When it comes to ideas, we're just in a different tax bracket. Hello creative people, I'm your host Rodney Omokache and you're welcome to another episode of the Creative Habit Podcast. Just a reminder to those of you listening in for the first time, this is the second season of the podcast. This also happens to be the fifth episode released on the fifth day of April, which happens to be my birthday. Yes, thank you. It is indeed the day the Lord has made. I am 28 years old today. I feel good about this milestone. I am blessed and grateful to have made it this far. And I feel like I'm aging with grace. I'm better, faster, stronger, wiser. The last bit is important. Wiser. The progress is palpable and I, I, I take nothing for granted. Here's to many, many more. Cheers. Since it's my birthday, I've decided to make this episode all about me in that I'm going to let you in on where my head is at on a couple of things. First of all, you should know that you, the listener, and I, the host, are in a very special relationship. And the most important aspect of any relationship is trust. For trust to develop, it's important that you know certain things about me. Otherwise, this is all a waste of your time and mine, I just turned 28 so time is more valuable than ever to me. You get. If you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, do follow at Rodney Evo, one word, you would know that I refer to myself as Young God and I often use it as a hashtag to end my posts. In this episode, I'll be unpacking the story slash idea behind that moniker what it means to me, what it is, what it isn't. Just the general story behind it is going to be, it's going to be a glimpse into how my head works and what's important to me, so do stay tuned. I'll also be talking about the kind of people I look down on. <laughs> yes, you heard right. There are certain groups of people, certain people I, I, I don't rate highly, and I'll explain why. I know it's not a politically correct thing to say, but it's my birthday, and what better day to spill the tea than on my birthday. Basically, there are certain vices and behaviors that I think, that, that make me think less of a person, and I'll be sharing that with you. This is not to say that I treat them with disrespect or contempt, but in my mind, I think less of them. Oh, and before you get on your high horse and judge me for judging them, remember that you do it too. I'm just willing to admit it. And then the final segment is probably the dopest thing I've done in my short podcasting career. I'll be sharing an interview I did with the legendary Larry King. He interviewed me. And yes, you heard right. An interview with Larry Effing King. Yo, don't ask me how that happened or what's about to go down. Just go listen. And that's that for the agenda of this very special episode 
honoring my 28th birthday. I hope you enjoy listening half as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. And without further ado, let's jump in. Welcome back to The Habit. I'm still your host, Rodney Omeokachi, also known as The Young God, with a small letter G. <laughs> so, Young God, what's that about? I know some of you might see, see it as me being cocky, arrogant, self-aggrandizing, and God knows what else. But people who actually know me know I'm better than that. If you really knew what those words meant, you will know I'm none of those things. The less judgmental among you may poke fun by saying I'm simply channeling my inner Kanye in, in reference to his song, I am a God. And that's fair. But you would also be wrong. The truly wicked among you may even see it as a blasphemous comparison with God Almighty and have condemned me to a one-way trip to hell. Also understandable, Honestly, I, 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 I empathize. It's like, who does this guy think he is? To answer your question, I am whatever I say I am. And that's that. I know how Jesus felt when he, when he called himself the Son of God back in the day. And the Pharisees and Sadducees were like, the audacity of this brown-skinned nigger. Oh, and yes, Jesus was black. Anyway, I'll be the first to admit that it's a very bold claim. How dare I? But I can explain. First of all, it's, it's important to make the distinction between what it means to be God with a capital G and what it means to be a God with a little g. Big G God refers to the supreme being, the creator of the universe, who knows all and sees all. I, ref I refer to myself as a God with a small letter G because I am made in the image of God, of God Almighty, and have been given the creative power, albeit to a lesser degree. With this creative power, I am able to create myself, my inner world, and my reality. To be God with a big G is to have power over life and death. To be a God with a little g is to have power over oneself and surroundings. Does that make sense? I hope so. By creating us in her image, God has extended that creative power to us that we may aspire to be more like him. And nothing is more godlike than exercising your creative ability on the world, but most importantly, on yourself. Being a god is about taking responsibility. Therein lies the distinction between a god and a mere mortal. Mere mortal is what I like to call people who play victim who are still held back by petty things, who lack self-control and discipline, you know, who, who are slaves to their basest instincts, their bad habits, and the opinions of others. Most of us are, are mere mortals. Man, I was there. I mean, nothing wrong with that, but, oh, I know how it sounds. It sounds somehow calling people mere mortals, right? But it just means, it's just being human, and we have to acknowledge that, that being human means living a flawed existence. It's natural, it's normal, but it's also a call to strive for something more. To be a God is to see yourself to be above certain things, you know? 
to set your sights on an ideal that lets you thrive in this, this world that is cold, cruel and uncertain. A small letter G God is, is what exists between big G God and a mere mortal. The idea is, as flawed human beings, our goal should be, should be to be as close to God as we possibly can. Not just through performative acts such as reading the Bible and praying, but through our thoughts and actions. You know, I, 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 I just, this is so important to me that it's understood. I really do hope that I, I, I'm making sense. I would, I would hate to be misunderstood because then, what's the point? I continue. Being a God is about voluntarily accepting the burden of being human. It means willingly undertaking the sacrifices necessary to create a productive and meaningful reality for you and yours. I promise you, your nervous system responds in an entirely different manner when you, when, when you face the demands of life voluntarily, out of your own free will. Mind over matter, man. Once your mind accepts your reality and makes a, a, a conscientious decision to face it head on, the universe, God himself responds. I can't explain it. It's, I know it, it sounds like gibberish. Maybe it's all in my head, but I can only speak to my experience. As a God, <laughs> I love saying that. As a God, I respond to challenge. I, I respond to a challenge instead of bracing for a catastrophe. It means voluntarily deciding to transform the chaos of potential into a more manageable reality, both mentally and physically. Gosh, that sounded poetic. And no place is this mindset more needed than in Nigeria where life is testing you at every turn. How do you cope without just deciding to be above it all? I mean, and, and that's how the young God idea came about. It's an affirmation, a mantra, a reminder of that decision. It means so much to me, you have no idea. It's about facing challenges with grace and humility and poise and grace. So nice I had to say it twice. You know, just being a force for good, just being above it all, above the noise, the mediocrity, and holding myself to a higher standard. I think the problem people have with me calling myself a god is just the audacity, you know? It sounds like a comparison to God or um, with God or a false idol, almost. It reeks of arrogance and ego and self-importance, but I've rebranded the word, repurposed it to fit my own narrative. I am a brand strategist after all. If not me, then who? Here's something else I realized. It's easy to identify with labels that majority of people have claimed. Feminist, creative, Christian, Muslim, Democrat, Republican, activist, leader, entrepreneur, athlete, lawyer, slay queen, blogger, etc., etc. These are all safe and popular. It's easy to just pick one, slap it on your bio and be done with it. Now you feel like you belong. 
But calling oneself a god and meaning it makes people uncomfortable, you know? I've, I've, I've noticed it's often met with mixed feelings. It's almost taboo, blasphemous even, to refer to oneself as a god. And I'm challenging that. Again, I am what I say I am. If you can call yourself a king or a queen, I can call myself a god. Pick your battle. And the only reason I haven't fully owned the god moniker is because there's still a part of me that, that feels I haven't yet earned it. I haven't gained enough experience. I haven't done enough. So I prefix the title with young to remind myself that there is work to be done. And I'm a work in progress at only 28. Oh, and I have some gist. I'm currently writing a book on this idea that will be complete within two years. I'll be age 30 by then. You heard it here first. I need you to understand it's not about winning, it's not about losing, it's about learning and being stronger with every experience. It's not about riches or superficial things. It's not a joke or a game. This is my, my, my state of mind. It has nothing to do with how anybody sees me, but rather how I see myself and my place in the world. It's my compass my North Star. I could easily keep it personal and not proclaim it on social media, but I'll be doing that out of fear. And that's the opposite of being a God. I have to own it and live up to it. By sharing it publicly, I hold myself accountable. In the end, life is about creating the value frameworks that allow you to thrive and achieve your goals in this cruel, cruel world. We all have our way. You can, you can, you can never really know it's you, 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 can really, you can never really know if it's the right way, but a good way to judge is by the results you get. Is your life going in the right direction as a result of what you choose to believe? And how, and how you decide to live your life? Are you reaching your goals? Do people respond favorable, favorably to your presence and personality? Are you personally happy, content, and at peace? If not, you need to make a change. If yes, double down. Let me tell you, poverty, mental illness, victimhood, and the like are constantly knocking on the door, waiting for you to slip up so that they engulf your life in chaos. It's about finding a way, your way, of calibrating your mind and spirit so that you can be well-adjusted, functional, and adaptable. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Basically, he's saying his life is an example of the ideal to aspire to. He says he's the son of God. Basically, he's saying he's a God in the purest sense of the word, the closest thing to the spirit of God. Am I comparing myself to Jesus? God, no. Far from it. Jesus ain't dealing with what I'm dealing with in this 21st century. He's simply an example, an ideal to aspire to. You see, I've taken the time to explain this because I think it's profound and it's something anyone could learn from. We all have, we all have God potential. Own up to the God in you. Speak it, articulate it, and you will be compelled to live up to it. If you look around, 
you will notice other gods in the world. Other gods in your, in, your, in, your, in your community, in your life, whether they be famous or everyday people, ordinary or extraordinary. Your social, your, your, your social economic situation doesn't matter as long as you have mastered your life as you live it. That's how you know if you're a god or if you're at least on the right path. Are you mastering your life as you live it and making the best of what, of, of, of what you have, whether it's a little or a lot? If you can understand that, you're on your way. So, do I have it all figured out? No way. I literally, I literally took on the God mentality as a way to cope with the uncertainty of life, to hold myself accountable. As I said earlier, it's mind over matter. So you have to find a way to hack your mind and get it to produce the conditions for you to thrive. And that's that on my God mode. It's always on, always activated, all day, every day. Welcome back to The Creative Habit. Rodney here. Now, about the people I look down on. <laughs> Again, I know how it sounds, but hear me out. In general, I don't look down on anyone, but I've come to see that there are always exceptions to the rule, and they're quite interesting exceptions. There are just some people that I'm like, that ain't it fam, that ain't it. I don't treat them differently though, it's just in my head. And I'm confident that by the time I get through my list, you'll understand where I'm going. Anyway, enough long talk. I look down on people who complain, always criticizing, always triggered, no solutions, no suggestions. They go on and on about a problem. It's such an anti-seductive trait, I can't stand it. And you know, what, you know what's more shameful than a problem? Complaining and doing nothing about it. That's literally the definition of madness. To complain is always non-acceptance of what is. It carries an unconscious negative charge. When you complain, you make yourself into a victim. But when you speak out, you are in your power. There's a difference. So it's either you change the situation by taking action or speaking out. Leave the situation or accept it. Anything else is madness. I look down on people who are easily defeated. People with brittle spirits. One setback and that's it. They're done. Close shop. They haven't yet embraced the fact that life is hard and that things take time and multiple attempts. At the smallest hint of trouble, they quit their jobs. They break up. They delete their social media apps. They cut off their friends. They back out of a commitment. These kinds of people can be frustrating to work with in real life. They can never rise to the occasion and it's sad, man. I empathize. I feel, I feel bad for them. And I try to spot them early before I entangle myself with them. They can really dull your spirit, man. I look down on people who repeat the same mistakes. Yo, this is a good one. Because I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. 
I judge people based on whether or not they learn from their mistakes, not some magical ability to never make them. But it really irks me when they repeat the same mistakes and then take no responsibility. You see, the evolutionary function of, of memory is to remind us where we failed so that we can avoid making the same failure in the future. That's literally the number one function of memory. Not memorizing grocery lists and cramming notes. That's what paper and, and, and pen are for. I look down on people who squander their potential. Even God frowns on people who, who, who squander their potential and their gifts. It's an actual sin to not develop your talents to the best of your ability and share it with the world. You are literally denying God the glory when you let your gifts go to waste. It's one thing if you don't know what your gift or purpose is. No one can fault you for that. No one can, can, can judge you for not knowing. What is unforgivable is being aware of your gifts and not doing anything with them. That's a double-edged sword because apart from displeasing God, you will hate yourself for never seeing it through and the rest of us will have to deal with your shit. Even worse than that is using your gifts to harm others. Ah oh man, there's a special place in the abyss. I should dedicate an episode to this particular one. It gets deep here. I look down on violent, aggressive people. Whether it's because of a lack of self-control or it's intentional, it's all the same to me. If you can't control your aggression, you're an animal. If it's intentional, you're just evil. Especially violence towards women and children. The worst. Aggression has its place in both men and women, right? Everyone should have a mean streak to protect themselves and deter others from messing with them. But not to oppress others. That's, that's just low. And oppressors are beneath me. I look down on people who act brand new when they get a change in fortune. Oh, we, all, we, all know, well, we, all, we all know that person who got that promotion, that contract, that inheritance, and suddenly they're too good for you. You've known them since childhood, and maybe their dad gets a huge appointment, and now their funds are all the way up. Suddenly, he, she has new rich friends and starts acting like you ain't know they couldn't pay their school fees a few months ago. I look down on such people because it just shows their character. It shows what they're made of. It shows they ain't shit. And it throws you off guard because it's like, damn, is that really you? That one can sting, man. It can really, really get to the bone. People like this are really, literally beneath me. They're not fit to kiss the soles of my sandal. Nothing they say or do can ever be meaningful to me because I know who they really are. I know, I know, I know, I know what's up. You see, money's supposed to change a person's lifestyle for the better. But when it reveals a person's true nature, that's some scary shit. It means they're possibly envious and resentful of you if you had more than them in the first place. Even if it was just a little. Nah, man, that's a deep one. Finally, and this is probably the most important one, I look down on people who who prefer Pro Evo to FIFA? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't, I can't take a man seriously if he prefers Pro to FIFA. 
the gulf in quality between the two games is vast. I understand to each his own, and that's fine. But I can't trust your judgment on anything else, man. Who knows what other questionable tastes you harbor? I'm sorry, but that ain't a dog, man. FIFA for life. And that's that for the people I look down on. You know what I noticed? It takes considerably more energy to talk about things I detest. Like, my mouth is dry and I feel so triggered and out of breath. Like, I'm actually exhausted just doing this segment. This is why it's always good to focus on the positives rather than the negatives. Never again. If you happen to fall into any of these groups, please remember that my opinion of you should not affect your, your opinion of yourself. There's nothing personal. Unless you're a fake friend, then it's very personal. You are scum. All right. On to the next segment, my interview with Larry King. <laughs> You're going to love this one. Lego. We play a little game of if you only knew. You did not have to answer them. Okay. It's not a court, but we'd appreciate your answers. No problem. Who was your childhood celebrity crush? Megan Good. She was absolutely gorgeous in Kosinskita. Secret talent. I'm good at understanding people. Person you trade places with for a day? No one. Okay, if I had a gun to my head, I'd go with Lil Wayne. His lifestyle is, is something, has always, something that has always fascinated me. Other than that, nobody. I'm good. No one. Weirdest job you ever had? I've never had a job in the traditional sense. But during my national service year, I served in the office of the president. <clears throat> and my experience there kind of cemented my decision to not take a day job ever. Guilty pleasure. Steph Curry highlights. I could watch them all day. When I'm down, I watch Steph Curry highlights. When I'm up, I watch Steph Curry highlights. I mean, the way he plays the game, it enchants me. He's, he, he's so good. He makes me want to be the Steph Curry of my own job. Biggest risk you ever took? Defying my father's wishes and pursuing a freelance photography career. It's a risk whose rewards I can't even fathom yet. But we'll see. Best compliment you ever got? I've been told on several occasions that I have a beautiful mind. By women, especially. What never fails to make you laugh? Ha! <laughs> Prank videos of people getting scared. Worst piece of advice you ever got? Marry a woman you can control. <laughs> Something you wish you were better at. Languages. I suck at learning multiple languages. In school, I sucked at French. I sucked at Hausa. And I've always wanted to, to, you know, to learn more languages, but for some reason, I just can't. And it would be a, a, a source of, of great pride if I knew at least three, including my mother tongue. Excluding English. Best perk of being a celebrity? Honestly, I wouldn't know. Who would you like to be stranded on a desert island with? <laughs> Anybody with the means to get off said island. <laughs> That's the best I've heard yet. Thank you. Strangest fan encounter? Um, a couple of years ago, 
I was in, I was on exchange in Malaysia and I participated in this fashion show, right? After the event, this Malaysian lady comes up to me and tells me straight up that she would like to spend the night with me. Hotel room and everything. That, that was flattering, I'll never forget that. Did you take it any further? Out of respect for her and myself, I didn't. Something you long believed to be true but realized wasn't. As a kid, I thought adults had it all figured out. The older I got, I realized they're just as clueless as we are. Life is crazy, man. Excellent observation. Thank you. Tell me something we don't know about you. I used to make music back in college, and I went by the stage name Dirty Sexy Rodney. I kid you not. Dirty Sexy for short. I rapped, I sung, and I produced. True story. So, how'd you like that? That was cool, right? Yeah, obviously, that is not an actual interview between myself and the great Larry King. Come on now. But I hope you appreciate the, the clever editing that went into that. Shout out to my guys. Um, and that's that for this episode commemorating my, my 20th birthday. God knows what the next 365 days hold for me, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it, you know. Will we be on this podcast? I don't know. We'll see. And before I go, I just want to say a quick rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. My heart goes out to him, to his family, to Lauren London. I mean, it's such a shock. We lost a real one. Like, I felt that one, man. I felt it. And my heart goes out. It really does. Wherever you are, I hope you, you, can, you can say a moment of silence for a moment of silence for Nipsey. Rodney out. And that's it for this episode of the Creative Habit Podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. Your support is immense. If you would like to be notified when new episodes go live, do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts can be heard. If you haven't already, you can follow at the Creative Habit Podcast, one word, on Instagram. You can also follow me, your awesome host, on Twitter and Instagram at Rodney Avo. That's Rodney A-V-O, one word. Feel free to hit me up, talk to me, converse with me, make suggestions, anything. And finally, share this episode and this podcast with your friends and family, your besties and your exes, your spouses and your children, your main squeeze and your side piece. Anybody that you think would benefit from my content. Thank you very much. Rodney out.